Berkeley families, welcome back to Fridays Are for Families. Today we're starting something new. Um, we're really excited to kind of jumpstart this, um, but we're gonna be taking a theological concept um, once a month and talking through how you can talk about theology with your kids. And so we're getting these theological concepts from our Gospel Project curriculum, which is something that we use in both children's and youth ministry here at Pathway. And hopefully you've kind of seen that through our emails or through handouts that your kids bring home um, but we want to start to highlight something called the big picture question. And this is a question that happens once in every single unit. Um, and it usually covers three to four weeks of our curriculum. And it's a theological question that every single story in that unit kind of helps to answer. And so the big picture question right now for September is the question of how is Jesus a prophet? And so what we're going to do every month is kind of take that big picture question and, and talk it through together and hopefully help you to see how you can have conversations about this with your kids. Yeah, and kind of the reason that we want to do this and, and go that direction uh, is really because theology matters. And uh, and it may at times feel like, like a, a, I don't know, something that's not your responsibility as a disciple maker in your home, like a deep theological conversations, like that's not really my jam, like I don't really know big theological words or know what they mean or why or anything. Um, but basically, like theology, just to, to simplify it, is just a study of the nature of who God is. And, and so the reason theology matters is because it matters what we believe about God. Um, it matters what we believe about prayer. It matters what we believe about the Bible. Because if I believe that, that prayer changes things, if I believe that, that God hears my prayers, I'm going to pray very differently and more frequently uh, than I would if I believed that God didn't really care or God didn't really hear my prayers. If I believe that, that the Word of God is living and active, you know, I'm going to care more about what it says and I'm going to read it with more intentionality than if I just think like, oh, it's kind of some old book that isn't really all that applicable anymore. So what we believe matters. What we believe about God matters. And so that's why we want to have these conversations is to be able to think a little bit more deeply together and really navigate like how do we have these conversations in our homes as well um, as parents how do we lead our kids who you know we've mentioned like our kids ages and, and kind of on the younger end but you know maybe you don't have teenagers and so you're not able to dig super deep into something um, but you have younger kids and so you have to change the language that you use and like how do we do that as parents to communicate big theological truths in a simple way uh, and so that's kind of part of our, our hope and, and plan for for this part of the Fryzer for Families podcast. So I've heard it talked about as giving guardrails for our kids. And that mm -hmm. has always stuck with me that, um, you know, we're all theologians. We're all studying God mm -hmm. um, and making meaning. And so our kids are as well. Um, they are making decisions about who God is. And as parents, by teaching our kids theology, we can give them guardrails for how to interpret the world around them through a biblical lens. So as they begin to grow in their faith and as they're introduced to more in the world, they have boundaries for how to interpret that information. And so that's also why really teaching them good theology is really important. So let's go ahead and start to try to answer that question. How is Jesus a prophet? Yeah. So the, the verse that, that, that comes out of um, is in Deuteronomy 18, 15. And, and this was kind of the, the key verse along with the question. And the key verse says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. 
And so this is prophetically talking about like Jesus Christ and, and this prophet that is going to come, this one who fulfilled so many of the Old Testament prophecies, this one who, who changed the game for everything. Uh, and so speaking of Jesus and, and how he came to, to fulfill these prophecies, well, Jesus perfectly reveals the will and the heart and, and the intentionality of our Heavenly Father. Um, he, he paved the way for salvation to come through his death, burial, and, and uh, uh, resurrection. And so seeing Jesus as this prophet um, that fulfilled many prophecies and then also prophesied about other things to come, um, we see that he is the perfect prophet. Yeah. Yeah, what you read, you said was the key verse, like mm -hmm. that that's the verse in children's ministry, like the kids yeah. take home on little magnets and they're like seeking to memorize it. And so even like as a parent, like as you're reading and helping your kid memorize that key verse, mm. like I think one of my hopes is, is that you're not just helping your kid work towards that free donut right, um, right. or prime, prime beverage is like the hot thing right oh, now, yeah, like the, right. the prime drinks. <laughs> For better or worse, um, yeah. <laughs> right. um, yeah. Yeah, take them home, don't bring them back to the with kids. Um, but like, but also to connect that to the story or to help them to see the theological truth in it, like what you just right, did and kind right. of modeled, um, helping them to see like, man, Jesus, perfectly imaged God and helped to reveal to us who God was right yeah as prophet and and I think the like going back to like tying tying those things together is like as we understand that scripture is all one big story like yes there's a bunch of different books written over hundreds and hundreds of years by many different authors like but it tells one consistent story. It reveals the heart of God through the person of Jesus uh, for his people. It, it communicates to us the, the salvation that is available through Jesus. And so if we're able to, to look a little bit more deeply beyond just memorizing the verse, um, but maybe look at some of the context or look at the, the actual words of the verse and ask like, okay, who is this pointing to? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, who might this prophet be? Like, well, you know, a lot of Sunday school answers are Jesus. And in this case, the answer is Jesus, yeah. right? Like, it's not always Jesus. I try to tell our students, like, they try to use that. And I'm like, sometimes the answer is not Jesus because it's like, who built the ark? And like, Jesus didn't build the ark, okay? So sometimes but the answer... But take that and be like, <laughs> no, but no, no, no. Noah was pointing us. Yes, yes, he was. Which is really what we yeah, try to do it is. Um, with the Gospel Project curriculum and mm -hmm. really our hearts in children and youth ministry is like not to teach these individual stories, particularly in the right. Old Testament, because we have right. a tendency to do that, of like looking at these stories as moral lessons or mm -hmm. behavior modification. Right. Like, you right. know, if you see Noah and what is our inclination, but to be like, oh, but if you're obedient and have mm -hmm. faith like Noah, but like, well, wait a second, because Noah failed, right? right. And so helping right. our kids to messy see parts of that, story. that the Old Testament and really all of scripture points to Jesus. And it is, it is one big narrative that mm -hmm. points to our need. And so as we see Jesus as prophet and see him as the fulfillment of scripture, um, part of our job is to help our kids be able to see that like all of those individual stories, really Jesus is fulfilling mm. something that was told yeah. in them. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, we have prophecies like, you know, we've talked about some like in, in Zechariah, there, there's a prophecy talking about like how Jesus is going to enter Jerusalem, right? In In hindsight, it's almost like, like how did the Jews not see that this is really the Messiah? Because it's like, 
literally hundreds mm -hmm. of years ago, your prophets have been writing that he's going to enter hell like humbly on a donkey. On a donkey. It's like, mm -hmm. so how did Jesus enter Jerusalem? Humbly on a donkey. And it's prophesied hundreds of years before he did. And so just kind of looking at some of those things, like how, how, how did they not see it? Um, you know, there are other prophecies like, like the Isaiah passage. Isaiah 9 talks about um, like the names that were going to be given to Jesus and, and how he's going to be born um, of a virgin and like some of those different things that are like, again, look at how did Jesus come to be? Like, where did he come from? Well, he's born of the Virgin Mary. He was given these different names and, and the government was going to be on, upon his shoulders and the Prince of Peace and a uh, wonderful counselor and all. The, it's like, how do you not make those connections? Yeah. Um, for us, it's a little easier because we have the whole story. Um, and, and so they were living at the time as scripture was being written and mm -hmm. being uh, proclaimed. Uh, so we and have the benefit of that. There's but. some seeming contradictions in as you read some of these um, prophecies. I'm going to read one from Isaiah 42 here in just mm. a second. But because you hear about this, this powerful kind of person who's going to come and crush right. the head of the servant. That's like what was promised to Mary, mm. right? From mm. the very beginning, um, that there's going to be victory. Mm. And so we hear these words. And my thought is like, as a human, I hear victory and power. And I interpret mm. that in a certain way right. through right. my human lens. But then you hear words like humble and a donkey and <laughs> yeah. um, coming into Bethlehem, you right. know, a, a right. not well-known town. Mm -hmm. And so you can see where that unrealistic expectation would come from yeah. because we don't often think about power in the same way mm. that Jesus taught us yeah, um, to look at it. So mm. I'm going to read Isaiah 42 um, because I think this is helpful for us in, in just seeing some of the unrealistic expectations that were maybe perceived by the Jews. Um, but it says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick, wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. So just even in those three verses, and that was Isaiah 42, 1 through 3, like we hear this idea of like he's going to bring justice, mm. but he's not going to cry aloud or lift up his voice. He's not going to break right. a reed. Mm. Um, so talk a little bit about that. How do we see Jesus fulfill that prophecy? Yeah, I mean, you see it in, in the the humble way he entered into the, the conversation. You see, I mean, you even think of like James and John who are called like the sons of thunder. And they like wanted to call down fire on this like, man, they don't want us to come in and talk about you, Jesus. Let's destroy the whole town. And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 guys, chill out a little bit. Let's calm down. Now, he wasn't just a meek and mild man, Jesus, right? We have the stories of like he turned over the tables and he had this righteous anger about him, mm. right? There's another scripture that talks about like the anger of mankind does not produce godly repentance. Um, and, and so when we have our own anger that's not rooted in like in the Lord and like in this righteous anger kind of way, then it's, it's inappropriate, right? That's the, um, the nature of that. Um, but Jesus had this humility about him where, yeah, when, when people rejected him, he didn't force himself upon them. When, uh, you know, even when people offered him leadership and offered him like, like kingship and, and to come in and be their ruler, he, he rejected that as well. 
And so there was just a different way about Jesus, a different humility. You know, he talked about who's the greatest in the kingdom and like, well, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And, you know, you've mentioned a, a whole number of times this upside down kingdom um, uh, of the kingdom of Jesus. And, and so he washed uh, his disciples feet. Yeah. I mean, just everything about him yeah. revealed this this humility and this this different way about him. And uh, and that can rub against our, our expectations. Yeah. Right. I think an interesting question to even ask our kids would be that question, like where mm. where do you see Jesus lead in a way that is humble mm. um, and, and see what stories they can come up with yeah, yeah. Um, and when they can see Jesus's power coming through in very mm. humble ways. Mm. I mean, the cross is an right. obvious example. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are others too. And, and just inviting our kids into those conversations and asking them questions like maybe there's their questions that you have yourself and so there are questions that you can ask uh, your kid and, and maybe come to an answer together maybe like they have a unique perspective on something that maybe you didn't see or know right away and uh, and so because they're seeing with the eyes of a kid and uh, and so maybe they're able to even provide a different sort of answer than maybe you were um, you were thinking too um, but I think an important question to ask in some of this is just like thinking of unrealistic expectations, right? We we set unrealistic expectations all the time. I mean, whether it's like at a job or it's with a family member or it's it's even with prayer or it's with Jesus or it's with something in scripture. Um, you know, we have these unrealistic expectations. And I think if we stop and think about what are some of the unrealistic expectations that I have could be towards a spouse, could be towards your faith, could be like whatever it's towards. Um, just stop and think about that for a second and, and maybe even like write some down and, and ask like, has an unrealistic expectation ever led anywhere productive? <laughs> has it ever been a, a helpful thing? And uh, I don't know, I can't think of a positive time that my unrealistic no. expectations have like really made things good. And really that was a lot of the tension that is felt in the gospels between Jesus and the Pharisees, but even yeah. Jesus and his own disciples yeah. of that frustration yeah. of like, you keep trying to place your boxes mm -hmm. that you've erected about how mm -hmm. the kingdom is going to look or how, mm -hmm. you know, my way is going to be instead of just learning from me, you yeah. know, my ways are not your ways. And, right. you know, um, right. trying to hmm. reframe their minds and break down these boxes that they were wanting so desperately, you know, to build up and kind of like hold on to as hmm. he was pushing against them. Yeah. And I think we do the same thing, true. you know, um, as well. And I think even admitting that to our kids of like, wow, um, I do that too as a parent. Yeah. And, and sometimes we want to um, place Jesus and, and make him this type of thing. Hmm. And we really need to start here in, right. in scripture to learn about who he was and who God is. Right. Yeah. I mean, even another, another time where like an expectation was set, like, like how did, how did the Jews not see this expectation mm -hmm. was Isaiah 53 uh, in verse three, it says like he was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Like this is a prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus was born yet mm -hmm. and already talking about how he was despised and we didn't value him. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think sometimes our expectations lead us to that same place of, of not valuing him as we should because our expectation is unrealistic of what, what church should be like or, or what the scripture should be like or how God should answer my prayer or even how to pray and some of those things. Yeah. So and that's another great verse to kind of 
re-bring up to your kids because that mm-hmm. was our key passage in the summer. And yeah. so many kids might even have that memorized mm-hmm. and be able to kind of build off of what they've already learned and help them to see like, hey, all scripture kind of builds upon these themes yeah. and not just isolated you know, mm-hmm. truths. Yeah, that's good. yeah, that's true. And so I think some of, of what we're trying to do with this conversation is is not give you, and, and really the whole idea of family discipleship is not giving you more things to do, but it's like, hey, your kids are already memorizing this verse. Just ask a question about it. You know, move a little bit deeper and, and maybe do some of your own study um, along the way of like, hey, what are my kids actually learning in children's church or, or in uh, Pathway Students? And, and so uh, asking those questions and, and digging deeper. And, and, you know, as we mentioned, like the, the Gospel Project curriculum always has this Christ connection. It's always pointing to this bigger story of mm-hmm. like this isn't just a random verse taken out of context that can mean whatever we want it to mean. This is connected to the grand story, the grand narrative of all of Scripture with Jesus at the very center of it. And so there's always a Christ connection. There's always a question that we can give uh, to our kids and, and we can ask ourselves to be able to dig a little bit deeper, um, to, to ask good questions, to learn a little bit more. Um, and, and this builds our theology. This builds our understanding of of who God is and how God interacts with his people and what, what things he values in, in our deep on, on his heart. Um, so again, not trying to give you more to do, but what you're doing, maybe just to, to tweak it a little bit, to, to ask a different sort of question or to ask a question that maybe you weren't asking, uh, asking yet. And all of these stories that your kids are going to be learning over the next month are going to be related to this idea of Mm -hmm. Jesus as prophet. So they're going to read the story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem Mm -hmm. on a donkey. And so as you ask them the question, I I hope like on the car ride home, like what did you (laughs) learn in children's or youth ministry today? And they say, oh, we learned the story of Jesus riding in a donkey. Like that gives you an idea of like, oh, like how can I connect that to to Jesus as prophet? And you can kind of dig into that a little bit more together. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts for parents? Uh, no final thoughts, I don't think, but, uh, but we do want to point you to like some questions that, that we'll give you here at the end. We'll just put them up on the screen and, and put it in the, in the comment section um, so you can see some, some questions just to, to help you kind of navigate through some of these things. And uh, as, as we were kind of reflecting on, on some of these questions coming out of it, uh, one question that, that I really enjoy is like, what is hard to believe about this? Uh, and, and asking that one of yourself, of like whatever the, the Old Testament story mm-hmm. is or the New Testament story or the prophecy or whatever, asking like, what is hard to believe about this? And, and asking that yourself, asking that to your kid and, and just building a conversation out of that. And, and why is it hard to believe? And uh, though like one of my favorite, favorite quotes from my daughter is that um, like she was talking about David and Goliath and, and some of the interaction there. And she said, man, uh, it's it's so hard to believe, but I know that it's true. And and it was just like, man, what a beautiful <laughs> statement from the mouth of a child to just admit like it is hard to reconcile some of these things. Um, and yet we know the word of God is true. Mm-hmm. And, and so where our understanding falls short doesn't mean that all of a sudden scripture is irrelevant. It, it means that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so, uh, yeah. Just some some food for thought for you as a parent uh, with your family and and questions to ask that that we'll uh, give to you as well. So what about you? Anything else? I think the question that I would kind of throw out as well is just what does this passage teach me about God? Mm -hmm. And so really, I mean, anytime you're reading something with your child, Mm -hmm. um, just hearing what they're gleaning. um, But as we think about prophecy and Jesus fulfilling, I think it helps us to see the fact that we can trust in Mm -hmm. God. And that's a 
a great thing to maybe help your child draw out as well. Mm. Yeah, so, that's yeah. good. So we just want to thank you for joining us for this this new piece of Fridays Are For Families and, and what we're doing here together. Um, you know, this is our, our theological conversation. Um, we'll have an interview coming to you as well each month. And uh, so we just thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of this and continuing to engage. And uh, we, our prayer is that, that this would really uh, give you a, a renewed interest and re renewed energy and encouragement um, for continuing to be the primary discipler of your kid because you are, whether you're prepared for it or not. Um, and so trying to equip you a little bit, um, but also just encourage you along the way. So thanks for joining us and we look forward to next time together. Mm -hmm.